0: all-star wrestling is sanctioned by the a w a the american wrestling association all-star wrestling presents the top professional wrestlers from the united states canada england germany australia mexico
1: poland japan The greatest professional wrestlers from throughout the world. Here on All-Star Wrestling, let's go to ringside. There is action in progress in the ring, and let's join that match at this time. We are back better than ever. He is the American dream. Chris Gates. He is 16-time world champion. The Nature Boy, Ric Flair. And Glover, 316 says, I just whipped your podcast, baby. Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. That's right. We are back better than ever. It's Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. And Chris? Yes, that's right, Christopher Gates has now joined the studio show. Gentlemen, how are you?
0: Got Chris Gates here for the studio. He couldn't pass up that big money deal we gave him. You know, everybody knows he shows up for the live ones, but he's here for the studio ones, and I, for one, am fired up about it.
1: Yeah, terms of the contract, uh, were were not disclosed, but it was widely reported over social media. <laughs> Chris, how are you, man? Welcome to the studio show of Vikings Report with Drew and Ted, and now
2: Chris. I am incredibly happy to be here. For some reason, my, my recording looks like it's not moving on my screen. I don't know if you can hear After me Off to a or... good
1: start, yeah. Yeah, you, fro- you froze yeah. up like Christian Ponder in the pocket. What? A- we're off to a banger of a start, man. Let's go, let's go.
2: Mr. Ted Glover, Mr. Drew Bunting, I'm happy. It is an honor and a privilege to be here with the two of you. We got Ted Glover, we got Drew Bunting. We've got a talking cat, ladies and gentlemen. I've been to eight goat ropes at a county fair. I ain't never seen no talking cat before. So this is going to be something special. I'm happy to be here with both of you this evening.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. This is going to be awesome. So Chris is joining us for mostly full time. He still has a real job with real responsibilities that requires him to work different hours at different times. So, there may be a few times uh, over the course of the season where he cannot join us for our studio show, but he will join us for as, as often as he can. So, Chris, we're happy to have you uh, along for the ride. Before we get going, we've got a big show. Our positional analysis, my favorite part of the offseason, begins tonight. We're going to start with quarterback Toons is out there somewhere. Hi, Ruby. How you doing? I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you're here because without you, none of this stuff happens. We got a big show. We got positional analysis. That's all we're going to talk about this evening. Well, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl because we got that coming up tomorrow. But before we do that, let's uh, uh, let's take a minute to talk about our affiliate Purple Pain Forums uh, over at purplepainforums.com. They are our home on the internet for this show. You can find us over there. Great content, great group of people. You get a bunch of great topics out. The offseason is in full swing. We got free agency. We got the draft. We got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Uh, head on over there, at purplepainforums.com. And if you want to go over to vikingsreport.com, you can check out the prize vault because, well, look, we got uh, we got a live draft show coming up here at the end of April. We're going to talk over the first three rounds. Uh, we're going to give away some cool prizes. You can check out what we have over there at vikingsreport.com. What episode are we at? 121. Yeah, we had 121. Little, yeah, little hiatus,
0: little little uh, vacation there, but we're back going strong. Recharging of
1: the batteries.
0: Talk some quarterback. we got a full quarterback show coming up, and I know there's a lot of questions about that, especially with the Vikings in the first round. We're going to go over a bunch of these draft guys, and we're going to figure out what the Vikings need to do.
1: This show is only going to take about 10 minutes because I would argue, guys, the quarterback's the most uh, settled position on the Minnesota Vikings roster this year. (laughs) What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Uh, Oh, yeah. But before we get into our 5-10 to minute episode, Drew, Buddy, what time is it? Ted? Chris? I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your
0: little problem, get on with the quarterback talking, and light this candle!
1: He's right! Light this candle!
2: Chris? Yes. Resume the countdown. All right,
1: I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle?
2: He's right! He's right!
1: Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. All right, we're gonna work on that. We're we're gonna we're gonna give you a free pass because it's your first time, but we are gonna work on that. I thought there was a line in between there.
0: No, no, that (laughs) no. That sounds like that Rush album when he goes, "We have consumed control."
1: We have consumed control. We have consumed control. (laughs) Well, okay, it's like yeah, it's like the two guys. He's right, light the candle, but we we've skipped that part for like a hundred and twenty episodes. So I mean, like whatever. I
2: haven't I haven't memorized this shit yet. I mean, what the hell?
1: Your timing was more off than Jaron Hall against the Packers. Come on, man. Second and seven. Jaron Hall throws off the hands and it's picked off. Stevens making sure they're aligned. Jefferson's on the move. Hall's looking his way. He's in trouble. And sacks. <laughs> 4 Always got some time, climbs the pocket, too tall for Jordan Addison.
2: Let's not say things we can't take back, dude, I mean. Whoa, hey, whoa, let's not say things we can't take back. Dang, <laughs> what the heck, Jesus. <laughs> I give you a Dusty Rhodes impression and this is what I get, Jesus. <laughs> Before we start
1: talking quarterbacks, there's a couple of good ones playing tomorrow in Super Bowl 58. Uh, San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe the 49ers are still point, point and a half favorite, are they not?
2: I believe it's a, a point and a half or two points, something like that. They're they're a slight favorite, which is just mind-boggling to me, but that's here nor there.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Chris, who you got in that game? If you were a betting man, who who you got?
2: I mean, if there are people out there at this point that want to bet against Patrick Mahomes, go ahead and let them It's, it's not going to be me. My, my – Hard. I would like to see San Francisco win this one, but there there's no chance I'm betting against Mahomes at this point after uh, after the past few weeks. So I think Kansas City wins.
0: Drew, what about you? Right along the same lines with that. I gotta I want San Francisco to win, but you know, when you look at the quarterback comparison, I and mean, you got to go with Mahomes in that. This is a huge game. I don't think Purdy's ready for that yet, although he has done a great job for being the last draft pick taken.
1: I want San Francisco to win, but I think the Chiefs are going to win. I I think so, too. I I just, like you guys have said, it is almost impossible to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the guy is entering the conversation as one of the greatest of all time, and he is not even 30 years old yet. I I mean, he's already won, what, two Super Bowls, played in a third. This will be his fourth Super Bowl, correct? He's been the starter for the Kansas City Chiefs for six years. In all six years, the Kansas City Chiefs have reached the AFC Championship. This year was the first year he had to go on the road. They've had the number one seed every year, except this year, and he just managed to go on the road and beat the Baltimore Ravens to make it to the Super Bowl. I mean, the the guy is just lights out. I would not bet against him. That's just me. I would not. Not a chance. I will give Brock Purdy credit for one thing. What's that? Um, and that is beating the Detroit Lions and ending the worst football year of my friggin' life. It's Ohio State Buckeyes, and the Michigan Wolverines do or die. And that'll do it. Michigan defeats Ohio State 30 24. There's jobe and there's 29 right there. Yeah, it is Maddox who got his hand on that football.
0: There's the issue. Right now, he's limping over to the sideline. Really hope that he's okay.
1: They won't pull that down. Chris, as they say in Ann Arbor, conquering heroes, victors, valiant, Michigan national champions for the 2023 season. Chris, back to you. My God.
2: <laughs> And it was it was kind of sad. I mean, it might be because I'm online way more than I probably need to be. But, you know, you would think that as Viking fans, we could kind of, like, identify with Detroit. But good God, their fans were just so insufferable over the last couple of weeks. I mean, you've won two playoff games since, like, Desert Storm. I mean, slow your roll a little bit. Good God almighty. It, and, and it was the kind of crushing defeat that we can identify with too. They were up 17 points at the half, as right. they, and they were, and they just lost it because Dan Campbell's a dope.
1: Here's Dan Campbell at the blackjack table. Oh, oh, I got, I, I got an ace and a king. Hit me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that dude would split a pair of tens.
0: Well, I won't lie to you. Cards are not my bank, baby. <laughs> There's being a gambler, and then there's this downright stupid situation football you got to kick that field goal. I don't know what he's thinking about, but the lions had the lions
1: won, it would have been a real pain in the ass
0: super Bowl but
1: and they lost it in a way that only Vikings fans could could truly appreciate oh yeah I mean they're the first team to have a seventeen point lead in the half, at the half in a conference championship and lose the game so well done, Detroit. Well done.
2: They managed to out Viking the Vikings
1: last time
0: they were in a Super Bowl is still when Katie Perry rode in on that big lion. That's the last time the Lions have <laughs> seen the Super Bowl. They've never been in a Super Bowl. No, that was it. When she wrote in on the lion, she was on a giant lion. And the joke afterwards was at least the lions made the Super Bowl win one. <laughs>
2: oh, a Lion won the Super A Lion made uh, it. Wasn't it
1: I... Katy Perry? Is that her name?
2: Yeah, that... I think that was the Katy Perry halftime show. Yeah.
1: All right. So with the Super Bowl, first time in Las Vegas, Sin City. Yep, I would imagine a wee bit of wagering will go on during the game or before the game. <laughs> Drew, you've, you've been known to lay down a dollar or two in your day. You got any favorite prop bets for this for this Super Bowl that you like? Vega, I wonder
0: how many players are going to rest it. What's the over-under on that before the game starts? <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough town to say stay in your room and study your playbook at night. And my favorite is usually the Gatorade splash, um, but that's kind of been fixed over the years. I, I don't know. I like uh, how many touchdown passes they're going to lie. I usually stick with the football ones, Ted. I don't get too off base with the weird ones. Okay. Yeah. I usually go for the long shots. Like, is there a fumble recovery on the first play? You put down five bucks and you win 70 million. I go for those long shots. You know, I don't really have a favorite
1: one way or the other. Chris, do you like to uh, partake in the devil's hobby? Gambling? Pay that man his money. Give me
2: back my dollar. Oh, my <laughs> oh gambling! Oh, yeah. Um, every every once in a while, sure. I mean, I've, it's been a while since I've been to the uh, local sports book and whatnot, but uh, occasionally it's something I can uh, I can partake in. You got any favorite prop
1: bets? You gonna You gonna lay any money down for the game?
2: Not that I can think of. I mean, I'm not sure what the uh, what the over-under for uh, Mahomes passing yardage is at this point, but that would probably be a pretty safe over because this is one of those games where he just lights things up. Even though the Niners defense is pretty solid, uh, he, he's going to go out there and him and Travis Kelsey are going to do what him and Travis Kelsey do and put up yards. And so if there's a, a Travis Kelsey receiving over-under, you could probably uh, hit up the over on that too, I would imagine.
1: My favorite prop bet I have right now, I have the over-under of rage tweets for pissed-off old white dudes seeing Taylor Swift on their TV screen is currently set at 72712 after her first appearance. I'm going to take the over on that, and I'm going to bet a paycheck. I don't get why everybody gets so mad about Taylor Swift being on their TV screens, but people are mad. I. I don't have a problem with it. Whatever. Who doesn't like to look at Taylor Swift? She's a pretty attractive gal. I don't get the rage, man. I just don't get it. People got mad at uh, <laughs> Jessica Simpson when she was dating Tony Romo. They got all pissed off at her. I I don't get it. I just never got it. I mean, I mean, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is dating a smoke show. I good for
2: him. People are going to watch football on the off chance that they might see Taylor Swift, and fine, whatever. I mean, people like what people like, and if it gets them, you know into the game of football, the more power to it. I mean, just, just let people enjoy what they enjoy and shut up. I mean, good God.
1: I would bet if you were to take a stopwatch and start and stop every time they show Taylor Swift on the TV screen, it is less time than it takes Bob from Schenectady, the amount of time it takes him to conduct compose a rage tweet and hit
2: send. <laughs> I, I would bet. But I think they said in the AFC Championship game she was on screen for a total of like 45 seconds. Or something like that, or not—not not even a minute's worth of like, like the play clock is forty seconds. Yeah, you know, not even long <laughs> enough to cover. Like just barely enough to cover the entire play clock for one. <laughs> what if the what if
0: the camera went to her and she's making out with Mahomes' wife though? That probably upped the prop bed a little bit.
1: I like the Jason Kelsey cam. Not, I mean, the, the dude shirtless with a can <laughs> of Bush Light—that was awesome. I want, I want more Jason Kelsey. Is what I want. You imagine him in Vegas in the days leader? They should have some Jason Kelsey. There's a whole bunch of Taylor Swift prop bets. They should have Jason Kelsey prop bets. Like, how many times will Jason Kelsey make it rain at a Vegas strip joint? What's the most ridiculous prop bet? I mean, what's one that's just ridiculous? There's a whole bunch of Taylor Swift ones. I think probably the most ridiculous one I saw is, will, will Travis Kelsey propose?
2: They always have one about how long the national anthem is going to go to, which is always kind of weird because like, you know, if you're the person singing the national anthem, you can kinda fudge that a little bit. Right. And make sure you uh make sure you hit the over if you want to hit the over and you know, that the weird ones like that. I mean they're they're cool to, to look at and talk about, whatever, but you know some some of them are just, you know, throwing money away, I think.
0: Are you saying gambling can be shady sometimes, Chris?
2: Gambling
1: addiction is not a failure of will. It is a brain disorder which is preyed upon by the gambling industry folks this concludes your daily financial investment class with vikings report with drew chris and ted please make sure to follow us for more sound financial advice over on our pinterest page
2: we're more accurate than jim kramer i mean (laughs) hey everyone's more accurate than jim kramer so what the hell
1: all right so that does it for the super bowl i think we all have the chiefs winning we will follow this up next week but for now Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is now time for my favorite segment of the offseason. It is our, the, the beginning, the first edition, the first rendition, if you will, of our positional analysis, and as always, we start with quarterback, and as always, when we do this positional analysis, we start with the guys on the roster, and it's two familiar faces, two dudes that will be returning in 2024 as of right now. Nick. Somebody's down there. Just chuck it, Mullins and Jaron Hall. Hmm. We'll we'll get to Kirk in a minute. Chris, are you cool with one, both, or neither of those guys coming back next year?
2: I mean, Mullins is you know what a what a backup quarterback should be. I mean, he he turns the ball over too much, sure, but I mean you know he he gives you opportunities. At least he's willing to push the ball down the field. Uh, he knows where Justin Jefferson is all the time, which is helpful. And, uh, you know, he's he's a serviceable backup quarterback. And at this point, uh, since we can't bring Sean Mannion back since he's joined the Packers coaching staff (laughs) and whatnot, uh, Nick Mullins (laughs) is about uh, as solid an option as you could hope for as the backup quarterback. And, you know, I don't know about Jaron Hall. He he had the whole deer in the headlights thing going on against the Packers. And, you know, it's. You kind of wonder if he's already hit the top of his development curve and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, he's probably going to have an opportunity to make the, the team again next year. But at this point, I don't know if you can make him anything more than the third-string guy. Drew, how you feeling about
1: those two guys coming back on the roster next year?
0: I know. I hear what Chris is saying about he capable backup and, you know, stuff. I, I don't want to see Mullins out there anymore on the team. Kind of burned out on him. You know, I don't want to see Mullins or Dobbs. I think you can find uh, uh, Mullins pretty easy if you want a backup quarterback. So, Jaron Hall needs a lot of work, but are they ready to give up on him yet? I'm kind of with Chris. It kind of feels like he's like, tapped out.
1: You you guys, we all watched wrestling when we were kids, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
1: Do you remember any of the old AWA stuff? Oh, very, very faintly. Okay. So, Chris, you probably remember the AWA kind of along the same lines I do. Absolutely. And you guys both know what a jobber is in wrestling parlance, don't mm-hmm. you? You a guy that just goes out and gets beat to hell by the by the big superstar. Yeah, right. Do you remember a guy by the name of George Scrap Iron That
2: one I don't completely remember off the top of my head.
1: How about Killer Kowalski?
2: Oh, Killer Kowalski. Yeah, he he runs a, oh, he he used to run a, a wrestling school that uh, trained a bunch of the guys. Yeah, oh, Ultimate Jobber. Ultimate jobber. He
1: comes out first two or three minutes of the match, he just starts taking it to whoever it is. Just bam, bam. Putting the head guy's head in the turnbuckle, bam, bam, bam. And then all of a sudden something happens. And that's Nick Mullins. And if something happens to Nick Mullins, it's an interception. And all of a sudden, Nick Mullins is getting the ring. He's just getting he's just getting mopped up all over, up and down the ring. And then it's saying you know, Killer Kowalski slash George Scrap Iron Kadashki is, is getting pinned. And that's that's kind of Nick Mullins. He's just like a professional jobber. He looks good for a little bit. But at the end of the day, he ends up getting pinned, and he makes the other guy look really good. And that's what Nick Mullins does. Oh, uh, It sucks. Um, um just sucks. Um, you want to do your best, but it just sucks. Jaron Hall is, is a guy who's still in, like, whatever they have in the minor. Was it WWE next? I don't even watch wrestling anymore.
2: NXT. Yeah, it's their developmental uh, promotion.
1: Yeah, he he's there, and he's still learning how to take a body slam, man. I I don't know, I don't know what his deal is. So that's kind of where I am with with Mullins, which means we got to go to free agents, and and the elephant in the room is Kirk Cousins. At the end of the year, at the end of the year press conference, Quasi Adolfo Mensa, the Vikings GM, said it is certainly my intention to have him back here. Whether or not you believe these reports, whether they were plants by his agent or whoever. The reports are that Kirk wants two years fully guaranteed at $45 million a year. He's got a $28 million dead cap already counted against the 2024 salary cap. If he does come back to the Vikings, if they do resign him, it's got to be in place before the new league year begins. If it's not done, he's probably not coming back because any new deal that would be done would be added already to that $28 million dead cap number, and that would just be like a prohibitive deal for Kirk. So. I know Adolfo Mesa said it is his intention to have him back here, but I don't know $90 million fully guaranteed. If that's accurate is not something I would be willing to do Would you fully guaranteed. Nope. No, neither one of you are on board with fully guaranteed.
2: No, not, not after, not after coming off an injury of the significance of an Achilles, like my cousins is, I mean, if, if he had lit it up this year and was coming back fully healthy this coming season then maybe you think about that kind of number even though i still think that's kind of high but you know and achilles especially for a guy who's in his upper 30s age-wise that's a big deal and you know you, you don't know how he's going to come back from that uh, the only people that have his medical so far are going to be the vikings until free agency starts so it, it just seems like a a big number to uh to get to for a guy that's coming off of an injury of that significance.
1: You're not on board with that either then. I'm not on board because you look at
0: Kirk Cousins over since 2012 or how long he's been in the league. He's not a guy that guarantees you a playoff spot every year with the way he plays. I mean he puts up numbers and everybody says you're in the mix and all this, but it comes a time when the Vikings gotta stop this. Everybody's really worried about what what's going to happen without Kirk Cousins. Well you have to find out sooner or later. The Chiefs had to find out what it was like without Alex Smith. So they traded him to Washington for a corner and let Mahomes take over. Nobody knew what Mahomes was going to be either. So there comes a time when you just got to go, let's just move on. I like Cousins. I I think, you know, we talked about in the past, get him to come in for a season, you know, mentor the new guy or whatever. And two years, $90 million, you're just dragging it along. Let's just move on and get on to something new kirk cousins wins games but it takes a lot for him to get going and i mean how many playoff games has he played in chris gates in his whole career
2: uh well since he's been in minnesota he's been in three i can't remember how many he's been in in washington he had one i think so that's four uh he's a he's one and three the only victory is that win over the saints in overtime uh, a couple of years ago and then they went out and got just thumped by san francisco the next week so yeah, he, he doesn't guarantee a playoff spot or anything like that. That I can agree with.
1: Your example of Alex Smith, I, people kind of forget that when the Chiefs had Alex Smith, they were they were still a playoff team. They were, they were going to the playoffs, but Andy Reid kind of felt that they had reached their ceiling with Alex Smith. And people kind of forget with Kirk, he was brought in in 2018 to take the Vikings past the NFC Championship. The Vikings went to the NFC Championship in 2017. They felt that quarterback was the one spot they needed to address to get them over the hump, and they've only been to the playoffs twice since then. Now, it's not all Kirk Cousins' fault. They haven't been to the playoffs, but twice in that time frame. I, I, I'll grant you that, and I agree that Kirk's a good quarterback. He's a good dude, all that stuff. But at some point, you have got to move on with what has not been working. And two years at $90 million guaranteed, if that's accurate, no way. I, I, I am... No way am I on board with that. I I think it'd just be time to move on. And the one thing everybody says, well, yeah, you got to bring him back because the Vikings, I I think, are a playoff team with him. Well, I I think the 2023 team would have been a playoff team with him, yeah. You look at 2024, are they, are they not, I, I, I don't know. I do know that one of the reasons that he has such a big dead cap number in 2024 is because... Adolfo Mensa is doing his damnedest to get rid of all of those dead money bad contracts that he inherited from Rick Spielman so he can kind of move forward with a plan and bring in young talent accrue draft picks if he can and have like a hundred million bucks in cap space next year to load up on talent and make a run he's already got the Vikings already have like 30 million dollars in cap space as it is with Kirk's dead cap number this time last year they were $20 $20 million over because of all those bad contracts. So he's already clearing up a lot of that bad contract stuff that Spielman left him. So I, I kind of feels to me that he's not going to do two years, 90 million fully guaranteed. I, I don't think he would.
2: I don't see it either. No, absolutely not. That's that's way too big a number.
1: All right. So that means potentially a free agent could, they could bring in. One of the guys that has been pantied about is Baker Mayfield. And he was kind of rumored to make uh $40 million a year. If the Vikings aren't going to pay Kirk, I don't think they're going to pay Baker Mayfield $40 million a year. Some other names that could potentially be free agents are Ryan Tannehill, Tyrod Taylor, Sam Darnold, Joshua Dobbs, and my future president of the United States, one Gardner, oh. Minshew.
2: <laughs> any any of oh, those guys interest sister. you at all? I mean, if if you're looking at that list of guys, I mean Minshew's the best option out of those five what that, that, that he just you just mentioned. I mean he's the best of a bad group. I mean Tannehill's getting up there in age. I mean I think he was can't remember if he was drafted the year before the year same year that Cousins got drafted. We've seen the Joshua Dobbs show already, so you know nothing there either. Uh,
1: you think the Vikings bring him back on a cheap deal, Dobbs?
2: No, because he he's gonna he's gonna want to have a, a an actual chance to be the backup and i don't think you know as good as those first two games were that he had with the vikings i think he kind of played himself out of that opportunity with the with the way he looked the rest of the way so i, I don't think they bring him back no but if you're looking at the free agent quarterback class like you said they're not going to give baker mayfield 40 million dollars a year i mean if you're going to do that you just re resign cousins for a little bit more but of, of those free agents he just named Minshew is the best bet which is not you know great or anything
1: like that either drew none of those free minchu mania come on minchu minchu mania Mania.
0: running the circus act again ted the guy's this terrible deep thrower once you get him off his off his game plan he makes shitty mistakes i like minchu he's talking to uh talking about his time at at washington state with uh the old coach there i forgot mike leach Mike Leach. You look at the free agent list, it's Kirk Cousins and everybody else. He's three times better than everybody on that list. Yes. I 100% agree. I wish I could get him for a year. Is he not going to do a year, Chris Gates? Because getting Cousins for one year would be primarily where I would like to go with it. $90 guaranteed is ridiculous.
2: I thought the rumors last year were that Kirk Cousins wanted to do three years with the Vikings and the Vikings didn't want to do three years and whatnot. I thought I read something along those lines. So... I don't think the Vikings are going to be willing to do any more than a year or two. And I'm guessing Cousins probably want something a little longer term. But uh, yeah, I'd be surprised if Cousins signed a one-year deal because, you know, if he signs a one-year deal and the Vikings draft a guy, you know, he knows that this is it. So I would be surprised if he did a shorter deal with, with the Vikings, quite frankly.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I don't see Kirk agreeing to a one-year deal because he knows it's... It would be his last year in Minnesota, and I would think he would want some kind of, he would want more stability, I, I would imagine.
0: Then he's out, and then people will worry about, well, we need a, a bridge guy. The more days we get in the offseason here, guys, the more I'm thinking, maybe just get a rookie and go for it. Okay. To hell with the free agents, to hell with the cousins. Harken back to the Andy Reid thing we just talked about with Alex Smith, this is how great Andy Reid played it. This is how smart he is. Mahomes comes in from college practicing during the year you're gonna sit for a whole year he didn't get to play until the last game of the season already halfway through that season Reed knew he was gonna move Smith because he knew what he had with Mahomes Andy Reed already knew he could have played him his rookie year and he would have kicked ass but he made Mahomes wait which endeared him to his teammates because he wasn't some diva Reed made him sit all year and then play the next year He got 53 touchdowns Andy Reed he traded Smith and got Kyle Fuller a great corner. I don't want to keep talking about that story, but it means what you're doing with the new quarterback. The Vikings should just go for it with a rookie. Get him in there, and let's see what happens. Let's get excited. Let's get the fan base excited. We got the Fab Six coming up with this draft and the quarterbacks. What do you guys think about
1: just taking a guy and going for it, a rookie? Well, that's what I'm hoping you'll tell us. So let's move to those uh, that Fab Six and then some. Let's pull up Drew's big board. Of college prospects, because I am by no means a draft expert, but this feels like a, about as quarterback heavy in talent a class there has been in five, six, seven years, maybe drew, yeah, yeah, I loved the research on this, but there's
0: a lot of good quarterbacks in here, and this could be the season where we get six or seven starters out of this class.
1: Now, before we go into the quarterbacks, I want to run through the top 10 draft order, because as we know, the Vikings pick at 11. So, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rattle off these teams, and I want you guys to give me a one-word answer, yes or no, are, are they going to pick a quarterback? So we're going to start off with the Chicago Bears. They have the first pick via a trade with Carolina Panthers. Yes or no quarterback, Chris? Yep. Drew?
0: No, they'll be picking at number two, and they're going to take their quarterback, because Washington's going to trade up. That was one long hell of a one word. Oh. <laughs>
1: Chicago has two picks in the top ten. They'll be taking a quarterback with one of them. Second pick, Washington, Drew, quarterback, yes, yes or no? Yes. Chris. Yep. Third, New England, Chris. Yep. Drew. Yes. Fourth, Arizona, Drew. No. Chris. No. No. Fifth, L.A. Chargers and your boy Harbaugh, Drew. No. Nope. Chris, all right. Sixth, the New York Giants, Drew.
0: Mm, I'm going to say no.
1: Chris. Yes. Seventh, Tennessee, new coach Brian Callahan, Chris. Yeah. No. Drew says No. Eighth, Atlanta, new head coach Raheem Morris, Drew. Yes.
2: Yes, so that already puts me at six.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then ninth again, Chicago, Drew.
0: No, not two quarterbacks. I already said yes on their other pick.
1: Okay. And Chris.
2: Nope.
1: No, and then tenth, the Jets. Chris. No. Oh. And... No. 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 So, I think... Tennessee is going to pick a, a Chicago, yes. Washington, yes. New England, yes. Arizona, no. Chargers, no. Giants, no. I'm going to go no for right now. Tennessee, yes. Atlanta, yes. The Bears, no. The Jets, yes. There's going to be a lot of quarterbacks going off the board early. And, and I think it just has to do with the talent. And that means if the Vikings want a guy, I, I don't know. I, and it was a question I was going to ask. So, look, it feels like there's going to be out of the top 10, at least five if not more we feel right now based and and look pro days have to happen and and a lot of stuff has to go down but right now as it stands five if not more quarterbacks are going to go in the top 10 are we all agreeing on that we think
2: I kind of think so I mean you know there are going to be teams moving around and whatnot but you know if there's a consensus top three they're going to go one two three it's how you those so. next how that next group of quarterbacks falls after that that's going to determine everything else I think but I, I think Chicago, Washington, New England all go quarterback, and you know th- there was an article from Jeremy Fowler about stuff that he heard down at the Senior Bowl, and he said the Vikings are interested in moving up and everybody seems to know that they're interested in moving up for a quarterback, but if those three teams, Chicago, New England, Washington are all interested in quarterbacks. There's nothing you can do about that. They're just going to sit there and take their guys. So you got to look at the uh, that next group of quarterbacks and hope sure. that uh, either move up for one of them or, you know, look somewhere else, I guess.
1: All right. Well, with that said, let's put up the, uh, the big board for quarterbacks for 2024. We'll start at the top. We got uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels. And those seems to be the consensus top three guys. And I think almost everybody has Caleb Williams at number one. And I think you see Jaden Daniels and, and Drake May kind of go between two and three for most folks. You've got May 2nd and Daniels 3. So what do you like about Caleb Williams that makes him your number, number one overall guy?
0: The production, for one thing. I mean, his college career had 93 touchdowns and 14 picks. Came in, took over the job from Spencer Rattler there in Oklahoma. And he's got the most upside to being a type of Mahomes-type vibe is what he gives me. He, he does. All these quarterbacks, are, they're very talented in specific areas. I think Williams has the whole thing going. Off-balance throws. He can throw it off angle. He can throw it when he's running around. I mean, he's a playmaker up the booty. The guy's just, he's a really, really good quarterback. I kind of have these guys ranked at as 1A. 2B, 3C, and even 4, 5, and 6. These top six guys are going to go, and, and you sprinkle in Rattler. My top seven, I guarantee you'll be the top seven quarterbacks taken in a row. Maybe not in a row, but they'll be the top seven taken. The only problem I see with Williams is it's probably brought on by Lincoln Riley, as coach, is when you look at his tape, he never does anything with the safety. Looking them off or trying to worry about where the safeties are going to line up. Are they both, you know? too high cover all that stuff or are they around the line of scrimmage he was taught don't worry about what the safeties do just do do what we're doing on the first read it's kind of a simple program there at usc everything he does is from the shotgun, so he's gonna have to learn that sometimes gets a little skittish in the pocket holds the ball loosely sometimes has some turnovers but overall he's got the most upside out of all these guys i think and i know he gets a bad rap for that You know, doesn't want to play for Chicago and his attitude and paints his fingernails and all that. But you know what? He's got one of the biggest nonprofit groups there in L.A. Nobody ever hears about that. He's a good dude. I mean, 3,600 yards, 30 touchdowns, five picks. He had 11 rushing touchdowns on the ground Threw for 68%. He can get the job done. It's just, I think, Ted, where it got down on him. Remember, there was a stretch of games in college where he had, Two games, didn't play really well against either Arizona school. Then he had the three interception game against Notre Dame and then Utah. And then he had Mm -hmm. a couple more losses after that. His last four losses were against top 20 Mm teams. And I think everything happening in one concise time got everybody started that he sucks. That one month, everybody was jumping on the wagon. He's not what he's supposed to be. If he had a bad game week one, then week five, week nine, and week 12, nobody would have said anything about it. But the fact, that they all crowded together in that amount of time, people got a little down on him. But I tried to not make him the best overall pick I have in this draft for quarterback,
1: but he is because of the upside. No play is ever dead with Caleb Williams. And Chris, you're on social media a, a lot too, probably more than I am anymore these days. Mm-hmm. And, and during that stretch of bad play by USC and Caleb Williams, there there were a lot of people that were getting on him about how he was reacting to some of those losses and and there was a huge debate about whether it was is he emotionally ready for the NFL reports got out that he wanted partial ownership and then there was a report just the other day that he doesn't want to go to the bears and that was refuted by his representation and it just seems like there's this aura of kind of red flags that are kind of popping up around him do you do you buy that or is it something that doesn't bother you as a, if you were a guy looking at a player like him?
2: No, it doesn't really bother me. I mean, the the thing we have to remember about you know whether it's Caleb Williams or any other player is the NFL front offices have a hell of a lot more information on these kids than we do. Right? I mean, they they know stuff that we don't know. They've seen stuff that we haven't seen. They get to uh, interview them at the scouting combine. They get to interview them at pro days. They've got an entire team of people you know, watching tape and uh, and everything else, we don't know 10% of what the NFL teams know about these young players and whatnot. And, you know, if, if the front office takes a look at a guy long enough, you know, weighs the pluses and the minuses against each other and comes to a determination that this is their guy, I'm inclined to give them the benefit of the doubt until, you know, you see it on the field. But, you know, you talk about the emotional reaction. I mean, these guys are 21 and 22 years old. I I did a lot of dumb, emotional crap when I was 21 and 22 years old. I mean, we all probably did. So it's hard to hold that kind of thing against him. And like I said, we don't know 10% of what these NFL front offices know. So stuff like that doesn't worry me.
0: Okay. I mentioned the fingernail painting thing. Everybody Mm -hmm. made a big deal, paints his fingernails. You know, he does that out of a tribute to his mother who started a bunch of nail salons and got a bunch of people jobs and did a bunch of community stuff. He does that. You don't hear that, though. You don't hear that end of it because people just want to get on social media and say he paints his fingernails because he's Marilyn Manson. Look at the full picture what everybody does. And I probably should have started the quarterbacks by saying this. How well these guys all turn out in this draft, these top seven guys, a lot of it has to do with where you're going, what kind of system you're going to be in. Bryce Young is a lot better quarterback than he's showing at Carolina. If he have went somewhere else, a lot better. He's a lot better. So it depends on where you're going to see how far, how far you're going to get.
2: And especially at this time of the year, I mean, how much of this stuff is misinformation? You know, trying to get people to, uh, you know, hey, maybe if we, uh, maybe we put up enough garbage about uh, this particular player, enough teams will pass on him so that he falls to us. Right. You know, that, that kind of thing is, I believe Ted said it in the group a little earlier today. Don't believe anything you hear between now and the draft because 90% of it is just noise.
1: I heard Caleb Williams had a birthday party and it was like 300 people standing room. only asked me who wasn't there. His teammates. Not one of his teammates showed up. A little famous draft day quote anyway. anyway stupid. <laughs> Anyways, all right. You know what I when I look at my four, top 4 for uh
0: quarterback criteria guys, I got how fast can they process plays? Do they show that they're progressing year after year? Accuracy that Ted Glover always talks about. Not only accurate but but on all three levels, short, intermediate, deep good accuracy everywhere you throw, and are you a playmaker? Can you make chicken salad out of chicken shit? Caleb Williams covers all those at 100%. Okay. He's a good quarterback.
1: You're convinced he's going first overall like most everybody else?
0: He's either going to be first or the second pick in the draft.
1: Okay. Washington, Washington's got something going right now with the Bears. You've got Williams, May, and Jaden Daniels as as top 10 guys. So And you've got Drake May just slightly ahead of Jaden Daniels. Why is that?
0: Drake May is probably the ideal quarterback if you if you really like the cousin style and you think KOC really wants a quarterback like that, then that's the guy you go after. Six four two thirty. 230. I mean, the guy's only played 26 games. Bo Nix has played in 61. May is better than Bo Nix. Why is that? Because some guys progress better than other people. You gotta love the size, the strength. He's athletic. He can get out of the pocket and run. He can get chunk yards and move the chains. He's not going to be Jaden Daniels, which is probably the best running quarterback we're ever going to see. He runs enough to get himself out of trouble. He's a good quarterback, but I, I got a little list for you here, and I want you guys to answer me this question. Here's the thing with Drake May. Stop me when you tell me you hear a good name or a competent quarterback.
1: Jim Camp. Jack Cummings. Danny Talbot. Jeff Beaver. Well, hold on. You said Cummings and Beaver? Yes. Is that a law firm or is it a porn movie? <laughs> I
0: heard Jeff Beaver's a pretty tight player, I heard. <laughs> Jim Camp, Jack Cummings, Danny Talbot, Jeff Beaver, Chris Kupek, TJ Yates, Mitchell Trubisky, and Sam Howell. Those are all the quarterbacks that have ever been taken in North Carolina history and not a one is worth a plug nickel. Is Drake May going to be the guy that actually does good or not?
2: Who are seven guys that have never been in my kitchen?
0: That, that, I'm telling you, I know it doesn't mean anything with Drake May's game, but sometimes their schools are cursed and you can't get over it. Will he be the guy? Will he be the
2: guy? You bring up that list of quarterbacks, and uh, up until C.J. Stroud came along, you can probably say the there same thing about Ohio State. <laughs> but but C.J. Stroud comes along, and he you know, he breaks That's that. That's true. And, you know, he's going he's gonna to be Rookie of the Year and whatnot, so maybe you're right. Maybe Drake May is the, the North Carolina quarterback that finally – gets it at the next level and you know something good happens
1: i will tell you this i think a quarterback success in the nfl whether they succeed or they fail is determined in large part the coaching staff they go to i mean because look a quarterback that goes in the top five or ten is going to a bad football team when we did the top 10 draft pick or the the yes no thing chicago has a new offensive coordinator the commanders have a new head coach the patriots have a new head coach Arizona, who we all think is not getting a new quarterback, they're keeping their same coach. The Chargers have a new head coach. The Titans have a new head coach. The Falcons have a new head coach. So they're getting brand new head coaches. There's not a whole lot of talent there. So where they go is going to be determined to a large part whether they succeed or fail. Now, are these coaches going to set them up? Are these offensive-minded coaches or defensive-minded coaches? Are they going to bring in a lot of talent in terms of playmakers? to help them develop. There's so many things that go into the success or failure of these guys. And you're right, n- nobody before C.J. Stroud that's come out of Ohio State has succeeded. And, and Stroud had a great year, but he's still got a long ways to go. Same with North Carolina. And Chicago has been a you know, graveyard for quarterbacks for, for years. I mean, right, like, mm-hmm. long before we were born.
0: I'm not sure what KOC thinks about these quarterbacks who run all over the yard like Caleb Williams and Daniels. I don't know if he likes quarterbacks like that. If Vikings are going to move up and take a quarterback, they're going to go with somebody they like and they believe in. If that's Drake May, he's probably more set up. He's a pocket guy. He's like cousin. And like Kevin O'Connell may like those quarterbacks.
1: So that may give him an edge over over the other two guys. That was my next question. Of those three guys, I mean, because when you look at Josh Dobbs, his first two games that he won, Atlanta and the Saints, he just kinda improved and sort of took off and ran the ball. When they tried to make him a pocket guy, he didn't really do very well. And that seems to be the, the style Kevin O'Connell likes that you said. So you agree that Drake May is that that type of guy. But but he could still run and get yards if he if there's nothing there and the pocket breaks down. No,
0: no, absolutely, absolutely. And if he wants to he wants to try to mold somebody into that pocket guy, that would be the guy he'd go after. Like I said, they're trying to make Dobbs into a pocket quarterback. You can't Okay, I'm telling you right now, Jaden Daniels and Caleb Williams, you got to let them come in and do their thing. If you try to change them, the whole thing's going to go to hell. And I think the Dobbs thing that you mentioned, Ted, is really important because he tried to change his style into what he wanted as a quarterback. I mean, you see Drake may play besides some he needs to get a little pocket presence better and, and maybe get off his first read faster and handle the pressure a little better. But the stuff he lacks in is very coachable.
1: All right. Last question before we move on to the next set of guys. So if the Vikings move up to get a quarterback, Drew, you think it's going to be for Drake May?
0: Yeah, and I don't necessarily agree with that because I don't look at quarterbacking like Kevin O'Connell does. I like the playmakers. I think Kevin O'Connell would move up to take May,
1: but I don't think he would take the other two if he had a shot at him. Chris, if you were a bet man and the Vikings move up, do you think it would be for Drake May or who would you
2: want it to be for? I would want it to be for Jaden Daniels because I think he's going to end up being the best quarterback in this class, quite frankly. I mean, he's got the most uh, developmental potential of those three, I think. But, you know, after listening to Drew, I, I kind of agree. I mean, if you look at the, what the Vikings did this year with both Jaron Hall and Joshua Dobbs, they tried to run the Kirk Cousins offense with guys that don't have Kirk Cousins skill set. And they had success, or at least a little bit of success, with Nick Mullins, who was the closest thing to Kirk Cousins that they have on the roster right now. But, you know, I think if you're Kevin O'Connell, you probably think May is the guy that you would move up for. I would move up for Jaden Daniels. Drew makes a good point that, you know, Drake May is probably the guy that's on Minnesota's radar if they're going to try to move up a bit.
1: I don't know, out out of these 15 guys that are listed, who is going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. I, I have my favorite, and my favorite is Jaden Daniels. I've watched him play. I've watched some YouTube highlights and videos and whatever. That, that's the extent. Look, I pulled a muscle on my leg walking up my stairs. So, that it, it, it tells you how athletic and how talented I am at the game of football. I like Jaden Daniels. I, he's kind of my favorite quarterback in this class. I would hope that if the Vikings traded up, it would be for Jaden Daniels. But that's just me. Now, let's go to these next three guys, Bo Nix, Drew's boy, J.J. McCarthy, national champion out of the University of Michigan, and Michael Penix out of Washington. I kind of am of the belief that I don't know that the Vikings are going to be able to trade up far enough to get Williams, May, or Daniels, and they're going to get one of Nick's McCarthy or Penix. That's just my own personal belief, just the way when you look at the the way the draft order is and the team needs that we sort of discussed, they're going to end up getting one of these guys. And which one of these guys do you like of the three? And you can't say J.J. McCarthy because you're a Michigan
2: old boy.
0: The way I broke down the top six is they got the first three, and then the next three are pretty equal in their own group. So you got two, it's like two separate groups. Then you got Rattler, the rattlesnake, knocking on the door to get into that second group. I want to take one second point something out about Jaden Daniels. First off, he's a better runner than Lamar Jackson and
1: Michael Vick. No way. Then Michael Vick? Jaden Daniels is a better runner than Michael Vick. Yes. You're going to stand by that statement. I
0: watched a lot of tape of him on the running and the passing end. Probably should have put him at number one, but the list was already made. This guy is a better open field runner than all, all everybody has ever played in the league. He's crazy. I don't like the fact that he jumps into the line too much. He's got to learn how to slide and run out of bounds or he's not going to last in this league. He's the guy that wants to go head first all the time. He's really, he's a gamer, but there's not much that Jaden Daniels does bad. Let me throw this out there. 3,800 yards, Chris Gates, 40 touchdowns, four interceptions, 10 rushing touchdowns, and 1,134 rushing yards, Chris.
2: I believe I saw somewhere he's the only player in NCAA history with, I think it was 12,000 passing yards and 3,000 rushing yards in a career. Not Vic, not Jackson, not you know, any of those guys, but, but Jaden Daniels.
0: The only, thing I'd like to see Daniels do better is when he's back in the pocket, spend a little bit more time trying to see downfield and make a play. He takes off pretty quick. I would like to see him learn how to be a passer more in the pocket, but in terms of the playmaking, he's got it covered. He takes off. Some of these runs are crazy.
2: But the other thing you talked about with him, you know, needing to learn how to get down and slide and get out of bounds. Uh, I, I think I've read a lot of stuff. Dude doesn't even weigh 200 pounds. I mean, he he comes in at like a buck ninety.
0: They got him listed at two ten, Chris, just to make sure yeah. they don't have one ninety written
2: there. That that's football athletic department program weight. He, he's not two ten. If that guy learns how to be a pocket passer, he's going to be playing in a bunch
0: of Super Bowls too. Because that dude, absolutely is a great football player. You know, Lamar Jackson struggled in the pocket, Ted, for a lot a lot of time. He just wanted to take off and run. That's kind of where Jaden Daniels is at. He misses some receivers over the you know, he's got to be a little bit more accurate.
1: I wrote it down. Jaden Daniels is a better runner than Michael Vick. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that. I'm gonna I'm gonna file that away. You should file it so. away because I am not bullshitting you. <laughs> All right. Let's move to the, the, the second tier of guys. You've got Bo Nicks, JJ McCarthy, and Michael Penix. Right. So Bo Nicks. I'm not sure what to think of Bo Nicks. I, I think a lot of people don't like Bo Nicks because of his early career at Auburn. He wasn't very good. People bagged on him. And then he went to Oregon and put up some really eye-popping numbers, had a good end of his career. But I think people still hold Auburn against Bo Nix in some regards. Is that a fair statement or not?
2: No, I, I think it, it makes sense. I mean, you know, he he wasn't very good at Auburn. He had to get the heck out of there. And it's like Drew was talking about earlier, you know, the, the way the guys developed. he He wasn't developing at Auburn obviously, because he, he looked bad. And then he went to Oregon with a different coaching staff with a different perspective that asked him to do different things. And I believe he had, what was it, 45 touchdowns and three interceptions this last season? I mean, I don't care who you're playing for or what level you're playing at. that That's an insane level of production. Sure, if You only throw three interceptions over the course of a season and put up 45 touchdowns? that That's impressive no matter where you're at.
0: He came into Auburn. Being the savior, you got to save Auburn. Everybody laid all this pressure on him. You got to be the guy. You got to be the one to lead us to a national championship. You, 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 and he failed because he couldn't handle the pressure. The best he's learned from going from Auburn to Oregon, and like Chris said, better coaches, better players around him. He's gotten a lot more accurate, and he's his ball security and turnovers have gone way down. And if you're going to turn the ball over, you're not going to go very far in the NFL. And he's learned those two things. The drawbacks with Knicks that, that I have, I have him as my fourth quarterback. A lot of people have him at seven or eight because I think he's got the size. He's also another pocket guy you can work with, Ted. He's got a lot of experience. No college football player has had more starts in their history than Bo Knicks, guys. Over 60 starts, right? Over 60 starts. That brings up, brings up a couple points you want to throw at. Nicks is a short yardage game manager guy. He throws before the sticks. He throws short passes. That's his game. 30% of every pass that Bo Nix threw last season was behind the line of scrimmage, 30%. Only two college quarterbacks or higher on that list. Bo Nix needs to learn to have a long game. Somebody needs to teach him how to throw that ball deep. That's what he is. He's a chain mover right now. Does he have the Kellen Mond syndrome, Ted? Like I mentioned, Drake may has 26 darts. He's got 61. You remember Kellen Mond, has more SEC starts as a quarterback than anybody in SEC history. Mm-hmm. Can he get better than what he is? That's my big drawback with Nix, Ted. Another guy, if he gets coached upright, there's probably a coordinator that says, I can win the Super Bowl with Bo Nix. I don't know.
1: All right, fifth, you have your boy. JJ. Let's talk about JJ, JJ. McCarthy. And then sixth, you have Michael Penix. Let's talk about McCarthy first. You and I talk about, we talk about Ohio State and Michigan throughout the year. For one, I'm sort of offended you don't have Syracuse legend Kyle McCord on this list, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> he's not coming out anyways. Um, I've asked you at various points of the year, hey, McCarthy, you know, good good fit for the Vikings, yes or no. At some point, you said yes. At some point, you said no. I asked you a couple times if you, you thought he's a first-round guy. Sometimes you said yes. Sometimes you said no. Where are you on McCarthy now?
0: I watched every snap he's taken at Michigan, a lot of. Credit has to be given to Jim Harbaugh, but a lot of credit has to be given to McCarthy himself. McCarthy is, don't talk about him, talk about how my running backs did. Talk about my offensive line. Let's talk about my defense. Look at every interview he's had after a game. He never talks about himself. And that's going to move over well to the NFL in terms of leadership. He is the most team leadership guy out of all 15 in my top cast here. J.J. McCarthy has the capabilities of being better than all these quarterbacks. The only problem is, is the volume of what you see with J.J. McCarthy. He doesn't get to throw it enough. Somebody told me to go, hey, McCarthy has a problem throwing the ball away. Well, of course he does. He only gets to throw it 10 times a game. He ain't throwing it away. (laughs) When you only get to throw it 10 to 15 times, you're not throwing it away. Michigan is run, run, run. Jim Harbaugh, that's what you're going to see with the Chargers. That's what he was for Michigan the only drawback on him is he didn't have the experience and enough time to throw it. But when he did, he was 72%. He was money on all the big fourth down plays. When it comes to big plays, nobody's more money in this draft than J.J. McCarthy. I think the fact that he hasn't had enough playing time and actually been able to throw the ball enough is the only reason I really have him behind Knicks. But he's got a much more higher ceiling than Knicks. McCarthy's a guy you want to have in your team and you want to mold to be your quarterback and I think KOC would love having him but he's easily coachable and Michigan did win the national championship I don't think I've said that yet shut up (laughs) shut up and he's had an elite o-line the last two years and he's had quorum in 2021 they won that Michigan was voted Joe Moore best offensive line in football 2022 Michigan won the Joe Moore best offensive line in football that makes a difference when you're evaluating these guys I would say He's got to get that clock in his head to go faster. That's true for every one of these guys. Every one of these quarterbacks are too slow. They got to, they got to speed it up, the decisions in their head. Because in college, nobody's in man-to-man defense. All the windows are open, and a lot of teams you're playing have high school corners. It's easy to complete passes in, in college football.
1: JJ's going to have to learn how to speed up his game or he's not going to make it. But I think he can learn that. And then Michael Penix had a very disappointing national championship game, had a very... Very strong senior year at Washington. You have him behind both Knicks and McCarthy, which is kind of surprising. And on some lists, I, I see Penix fourth and Nick's sixth or seventh in, in some cases. What has you putting Penix sixth in this in this group? JJ
0: McCarthy, his biggest drawback from twenty-two to twenty-three was his deep passing. He was really not a very good deep passer in two thousand twenty three last season. He really improved on that. He got better, but he's not Penix. Penix is the best deep ball thrower in this draft. He's the most accurate. His arm is incredible. He throws tight-ass spirals, 4,900 yards, 36 touchdowns, only 11 picks, 65%. Two things I really love about Penix is is his pre-read. He could pre-read the defense and get out of that play. He has a lot of experience with that. But when he was in Indiana, he struggled. 29 touchdowns, 15 picks because he didn't have the good players around him. Didn't have a very good coaching staff. But whenever he's had to come up against really good defenses, he, he's kind of failed on the, on the whole end. But you got to love the fact that he's got so many deep touchdowns, man. I mean, come on, Chris, 14 deep touchdowns in 2022, over 40 yards, and he had 16 last year. The guy's the master of the deep pass. But does he
2: have everything else that goes with it? He's been injured a lot in his career. Does that going to hinder him? That's what I was going to ask you about. How much does the injury history scare you off with uh, with Michael Panix?
0: I'm not that scared of it because the last injury happened back in 2021, week five. That's the first thing you hear about Penix when people are trying to talk draft is he gets hurt all the time. But I'm more worried about that he checks the ball down too soon. The weird thing about this whole draft coming up, guys, the top three guys we talked about are going to be gone. The Vikings might think that McCarthy or Penix is their guy. If they're their guy and they last past 10 and they go grab him, a bunch of people are going to start screaming, you overdrafted. If a guy is your guy, Chris Gates, you're not overdrafting. You're grabbing the guy that you believe in. If you believe in, that guy's going to get you to the Super Bowl and win you a bunch of games. It's not overdrafting.
1: The Senior Bowl just went off this past weekend, and and Michael Penix was there all week. The game was on Saturday, I believe, and that morning he he informed the coaching staff that he was not going to play in the game. And some people said, oh, that's a red flag and and, and all this, that and the other thing. Um, Chris, do you think that is something that scouts and GMs and teams are going to? Put in their little notebook and say, "Ooh, that's that's something we we need to dig deeper into about Penix is, is going to the Senior Bowl. He he participated in all the practices, did all the interviews, did all that stuff, but just decided to not play in the game. Is that a
2: is that a big deal to you? No, I mean it's no different from the guys that go to the combine and they're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna come and do the interviews and maybe I'll like do the bench press or something, but I'm not gonna run the forty. Uh, if I'm a quarterback, I'm not gonna throw. If I'm, I'm this position, I'm not gonna do this." It's no different from that, and you know, it's one of those things that you know, two or three years from now, uh, whether or not Michael Penix is successful in the National Football League is going to have nothing to do with the fact that he went to the Senior Bowl practices and (laughs) didn't play in the Senior Bowl game. There's so many other factors that this this is not something that anybody's going to care about. They might not even care about it anymore now, but I mean, by the time the draft comes around, I I don't think anyone's going to care about that anymore, and it's not going to have a a long-term impact. So. Uh, it it doesn't worry me. I want to see uh, how he does at the combine, how he does at his pro days. I mean, even though those aren't really super accurate measures, but at, at least he'll do all the stuff at the at the pro days or the combine and get a better idea of what he's uh, what he's about.
0: I stress to people, you look at that tape against Texas, one of the greatest football games you've ever seen a quarterback play. Yeah, but he had great players around him. They won the Joe Moore Award having the best offensive line this year, Washington. I stress to people, go back and watch Penix's tape in Indiana before you wrap your head around what the whole thing's about because he looked awful there. So players around you do matter. Coaches do matter. yes, But there's also quarterbacks that can play around awful people that play well. So
1: he's going to have to develop. If he goes to a bad team and they throw him in early, out of the league. He'll be terrible. One guy who may have benefited, at least in the short term, with Michael Penix not playing is Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler is a guy that started out at Oklahoma, finished at South Carolina. A lot right. of opinions about him in the NFL, about whether or not he'll be a good quarterback. A couple years ago when he was at Oklahoma, he was kind of, for a while, touted as the next big thing. With Pennix not playing, Rattler went out and became the game's MVP, had a very good game. You have him as your seventh quarterback. You got him as a third-round guy. Drew, if the Minnesota Vikings just kind of passed on these top six guys and went and drafted Spencer Rattler, what would your thoughts be on that?
0: I'd be fine with it. Would you really? I've been watching Rattler since 2017 from that Netflix. You guys got to watch that Netflix thing about him and Justin Fields and Sam Hartman way back in high school. Spencer Rattler's biggest problem is from the neck up. That guy was a dick to people. Just treated people like crap all the way from high school. When he was like in fourth grade, he was saying, I'm going to be the Oklahoma quarterback. Fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, Oklahoma in my room. Oklahoma, i Oklahoma I'm the greatest quarterback is ever going to play there. Oklahoma told him when he was in high school, you're our quarterback. You're our starter. So the dream to go to Oklahoma, the parents with all the Oklahoma garb on, it's the same thing. And he went there, and it didn't work out. And half the reason was because he was a diva. And he talked crap to people, and he thought he was better than everybody else. He's kind of put all that behind him now when he made the move to South Carolina. He didn't like losing his job to Caleb Williams. The whole dream of Oklahoma failed, but that's the best thing that could have happened to him. Let me tell you something about Spencer Rattler. That guy's got ultimate talent, ultimate playmaking ability. He can throw on the run. He looks to pass before he's going to run. He has that that streak of guys kind of like the Mayfield had when he came in about, I'm going to pump everybody up. We're going to win. We're going to do this, but he's kind of channeled it more as a positive guy. Because I'm telling you, he was a dick to people in high school. Coaches, everybody. But no quarterback played a tougher schedule, South Carolina, this past season than Spencer Rattler. And no quarterback had a worse offensive line than him. And he still played well. There's something to be said for the Jay Cutler syndrome, as I like to call it. When he played at Vanderbilt, Jay Cutler didn't have any better players than Sister Christian High School. And Jay Cutler still, guys still play without players around them. Those are the guys that you got to say stand out. Spencer Rattler is a great quarterback. He's learning as he goes, but I like Spencer Rattler.
1: I think Drew is one-on-one on Spencer Rattler. And if the Vikings were to get into the draft and they miss out on Williams, May, Daniels, Mix, McCarthy, Penix, and they end up with Spencer Rattler, X may spontaneously combust.
2: If it's going to cause X to spontaneously combust, I am now officially on the Spencer Rattler train. Uh, I am, I am absolutely, I am absolutely 100% pulling for this now because th- there's nothing better that could happen. But, you know, Drew talked about Spencer Rattler's time at Oklahoma and, you know, the, the guy had an entire world of expectations, you know, placed on him as well. Cause the, the three quarterbacks who were at Oklahoma before Spencer Rattler, uh, you got Baker Mayfield. Heisman Trophy winner, Kyler Murray, Heisman Trophy winner, and Jalen Hurts, Heisman Trophy runner-up, Wow! and he had to take over from from Jalen Hurts that next year, and, you know, everyone thought, you know, oh, maybe maybe he can win a Heisman too, but, you know, he just had all of that, you know, kind of dumped on him, and maybe for whatever reason, he couldn't handle it, and like Drew said, he lost his job to Caleb Williams, who didn't hang around Oklahoma either, he went to USC eventually, as we all obviously know by now and he had to get out from under the weight like drew said being the savior or not really the savior but the next in the uh the lineage at oklahoma after right. those three quarterbacks we just talked about because you got two guys that won the heisman trophy and one guy that was the runner-up for the heisman trophy those are awfully significant shoes to fill and whether he was putting that pressure on himself or the fan base or the coaches were putting that pressure on him that was just something he obviously needed to get away from in order right. to uh, develop as a quarterback. And from what Drew said, I, I'm way more excited about Spencer Rattler now that I've heard Drew talk about him for a bit than I was, you know, coming into uh, coming into this whole thing. Some quarterbacks, if you watch enough tape, when it comes to pass rush,
0: Ted, some guys feel the pressure and they can move around and laterally move out of the. They can feel it, and some guys got to see it and they. It's too late. Kirk Cousins, a lot of times, sees it. He doesn't feel it. He sees it. Some quarterbacks just feel that pressure. Spencer Rattler feels the pressure, Chris, before the pressure gets to him. He knows when the pocket's going to hell. I love that about a quarterback. That's half the battle in the NFL. That, the tight windows, and decision-making, and not turning the ball over.
2: One, one guy I keep coming back to, and he gets a bad rap because his team's offense has been labeled as kind of gimmicky, but you know, as far as talent, I keep coming back to Joe Milton from Tennessee. Uh, what do you think of, uh, of his prospects, potentially?
0: Well, first off, he started at Michigan and he quit on him, So he's a loser and a failure as a human being. <laughs> All right. Other than that, I don't mean you that in a bad way. But if you quit Michigan, then he goes to Tennessee and Hooker beats him out. He can't even win the job over there. Joe Milton, he's 6'5", 235. I don't have a quarterback in my top 15 that has that kind of size. Arm strength can throw it through a car wash and the ball won't get wet. That's what kind of arm strength Joe Milton has. If you don't put your hands up, that ball's going to stick in your eye. That dude has a cannon, piss missile, whatever you want to call it. He has the best arm strength of anybody in football, but you see how low I have him ranked. The injuries, he's not really good at processing defenses. He needs so much work, Chris. I couldn't rank him any higher. He's not pro ready. Like I said, he's got the size, he's got the big arm, but what else does he bring besides that? I don't really see a lot with the guy. I don't see a lot with the guy. I
1: don't. Here's a guy that intrigues me. I think he was well on his way to a first or second round grade before he got injured. And that was Jordan Travis out of Florida State. He had that brutal ankle injury. One of the reasons Florida State was left out of the college football playoff because he was hurt and they they would have they would have gotten they would have gotten prison raped had they gone to the college football playoff. They did get pressed. They, they did by, by Georgia, the yeah. bowl game. Anyways, so Jordan Travis, now he's gotta be healthy, obviously. You've got him as a third or fourth round grade. I I think he's got talent that is higher than that if he's healthy. I agree. What is his best attribute that teams I think would like or, or would appeal to? Really get under pressure. He secures
0: the ball. He's one of the only quarterbacks that is not gonna fumble it away or throw it away and make poor decisions. He makes he makes a lot of good decisions. One good thing that'll help him in the NFL, he's really good at avoiding sacks, which Jaden Daniels, Jaden Daniels is a much better quarterback, but Jaden Daniels can't get out of sacks. That's one of the drawbacks. If anybody gets near him, Daniels is getting sacked. He's not being able to get out of it. Jordan Travis can escape sacks really well. The only problem I really have with Jordan Travis is his accuracy at all three levels. He's not consistent. He's better, of course, with the short intermediate stuff. Even though he can escape out of the pocket, he has to see the rush before he feels it. And holding the ball too long. They all hold the ball too long. McCarthy,
1: they all hold the ball too long.
0: But I agree with you, Ted. Healthy, I think he would be probably up near five, maybe on this list. And I know a lot of people aren't aren't high on Jordan Travis. I mean six one, two twelve. How will he handle NFL defenses? Another developmental guy, but I would take a flyer on that dude if you can get a value on him. If he starts
1: dropping, that might be a guy you'd think about. The last guy I want to know about is Tua's little brother. Maryland guy Talia of Viola. Gave a bunch of Big Ten teams fits. I mean, I th- I think he's a good player. You, you've you got him as a fifth-round grade. He almost, he almost beat your boys in College Park this year. He is the quarterback from 2023 that played
0: Michigan the best out of all the quarterbacks who played him. If Tua's little brother could learn how to make non-dipshit decisions, he would be maybe the <laughs> best. I'm telling you, that guy made some three-step drop, like, Post-route passes that were absolutely beautiful. He made like six of them in that game, and it was killing Michigan. He's moving the ball up and down the field. They can't stop him. This guy is the quarterback that he doesn't look like he can, but he breaks arm tackles. He breaks sack tackles. When he's running, he breaks tackles. He's a very good runner. But this guy, every single game, makes some kind of dumbass play, like we're gonna see here with the fumble, when he just fumbles the ball when somebody's chasing him inside his own five. Michigan scoops it up, and gets a touchdown. And then he had a pick in the third quarter. He had a pick in the fourth quarter that were just terrible throws. But he made so many good throws on deep passes, which if other teams would have watched the Maryland tape, they'd have beat Michigan. They would have. Michigan's biggest problem was deep passing. And this guy did it. And he did it well. And I had to put him on the list. Quick release. You get guys in the NFL that have a quick release, you got a shot. He's only 5'11", but like I said, he's a tough, tough guy when he's running. The, you can't bring him down. With just arm tackles he gets out of the pocket he runs for first downs i don't know where he's going to go in the draft but i don't even know if he'll end up being a starter chris gates but he's definitely a guy that has a shot he has an outside chase he's not to he's not even near to go back you want to watch a good team play against michigan look what he did he had him figured out ted
2: i'll just say again that i'm a, a little more pro spencer rattler now after listening to uh to drew extol his virtues uh at this point but uh <laughs> Yeah, I think that pretty much covers everyone for me, as far as I can tell.
0: I know people want to hear about Michael Pratt, the Tulane guy. Five seasons at Tulane, 44 games. Very productive guy. I like Michael Pratt, and I think he's maybe going to get overdrafted. But when you watch his tape, Ted, that guy has like eight seconds to pass every pass at Tulane. Really? If you got <laughs> a lot of time to pass, everybody's going to shred. But he does a lot of things well, and I don't want to totally throw him in the toilet, but He is going to be one of those quarterbacks that hangs around the league 13, 14 years and never starts for anybody, but he's a great backup.
1: Well, folks, that pretty much wraps up our big board review, our quarterback positional analysis review. One thing I want to say before we let you go, Jake DeLome was an undrafted quarterback. He played in Super Bowl, whatever it was. While we were on hiatus, I came up with a list of every quarterback that has played in the Super Bowl and where where they were drafted. Now, Tom Brady aside, um, he was a sixth round guy. Brad Johnson was a ninth-round guy. Rich Gannon was a fourth-round guy. Jake DeLome went undrafted. Since Jake DeLome, there have been 18 quarterbacks that played in the Super Bowl for the first time. Wow. So Brady went before him, so he doesn't count. 18 guys. 12 of those guys were drafted in the first round. Three of those guys were drafted in the second round. Two of those guys were drafted in the third round so 17 of 18 quarterbacks were drafted in either the first second or third round the only two guys that weren't were Matt hasselback in the sixth round and brock purdy who's playing in this year's super bowl so look the evolution of the quarterback has gotten to the point where if if you want to get to a super bowl there's a pretty good chance it's going to be a first round guy that gets you there so the minnesota vikings and they've only drafted a quarterback in the first round, what, three, four times four. in their history? Four times. Yep. Tommy Kramer. You got uh, got called. got Ponder,
2: Bridgewater, and Kramer. Yep.
1: yep. So, I mean, I kind of feel it's time, boys. I don't know about you, but I'm thinking it's time. Yep. I agree.
0: They probably got their eye on a couple guys right now. Are they willing to wait to 11? If the couple guys they like are the top three we talked about, Ted, they're going to have to trade up. If the only guys they think can take over this Vikings team, guys, is, is one, two, or three on my list, Ted's saying do it. you got to do it if that's who you believe in. I'm just thinking uh, the other guy, anybody else on
1: the list, is that their guy? Maybe Penix is there. Maybe they love him. I don't know. As the great Robert W. Farsworth would say, we'll find out. I mean, we don't know. It's, it's, we'll find out in April.
2: If Chicago, Washington, and New England all decide they're going with quarterbacks, there's nothing you can do there because they have the first three picks and they're going to take those first three guys. It doesn't doesn't matter if the Vikings want to trade up, they can trade up all they want. You need to have somebody that's interested in trading down. And, you know, if you're one of those top three teams and you need a quarterback and those are the consensus top three guys on the board, I mean, why would you even bother? Just stay where you are, get your guy, build around him and trading up always sounds like an awesome idea, but you need to have somebody that wants to trade down and, There's not really a compelling reason for any of those top three teams to trade down at this point. The only one
1: would be Chicago, and that's only if they think Justin Fields is their guy based on who the new offensive coordinator is. And now you're talking about kind of a nightmare scenario of of giving up a ton of potential capital, draft capital, to a division rival to move up and get a a
2: Caleb Williams. The, The Bears aren't trading the number one pick to Minnesota. That no. That's not that's not going to happen. So they, they might trade out of that pick to somebody, but it's not going to be the Vikings. So whoever is at number one is going to take a quarterback. Chicago is going to trade with the
0: Redskins. Yeah, I call them the Redskins. Chicago's trading with them. Redskins will move up to number one. Chicago will still get their quarterback. They can have any quarterback they want picking at number two. They'll get draft assets, and then they'll get another guy at nine. That's kind of what I see Chicago doing, especially with Kingsbury moving over to the Commanders.
1: So, yeah, anyways, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with free agency and the draft coming up in April. And we'll be here to cover it all now that we are back off of our uh, hiatus. We got plenty of stuff coming up. Got running backs next week. We got some good running backs coming through, Ted. Yeah, good because we need some. All right. Uh, No trivia this week because we have taken like way too much of your time. So, thanks for joining us for Chris, for Ruby, for Drew try to do better the next time bro take us home thank you everybody for joining up chris
2: gates welcome to the show take us home uh if it helps i didn't even know i was on hiatus but uh <laughs> but anyway um I, I'm, I'm happy to be here with you guys i'll be here as frequently as i can work schedule permitting uh, already looking forward to the live draft show it's going to be awesome because uh we, we missed last year for various reasons and we're we're going to be back and it's going to be a lot of fun doing the uh, the live draft show again this year and uh and just being a part of the show with you guys which is which is always fun so uh thank you for having me and I'm uh, looking forward to the next one already
1: Daniel <laughs> <laughs> Let's trade up and get him